Hello everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. And today I'm going to start off with a trigger warning because um, the book that I'm going to be discussing, Salem Falls by Jodie Pickolt, um, features incredibly heavily the theme of sexual violence, sexual assault and rape. So give this one a complete miss if those are things that are going to trigger you in any way because this book is pretty much entirely about that and steeped in quite a lot of mentions of it as well. So just stop listening now. Go listen to one of the many, many, many other episodes and go about your day in peace. So I remember reading this book quite a while ago when I was like a teenager. My mum went through a Jodie Pickle phase. I didn't really care one way or the other, but she recommended this one to me because it has witches in it and she knows me very well. Um, so I ended up reading this one then and when I was thinking about books that I wanted to review for the podcast I remembered this book and thought it would be interesting to look at kind of a genre fiction with a witchy twist um, in case you were of the kind of Jodie Picoult enjoying variety of person. I have to say I'm not really um, in case you're not familiar with Jodie Picoult or her books or the films that have been made from those books it kind of operates in this genre of just terrible things happening unrelentingly to people and it being emotional and tear jerky and various things like that. It's sort of like those misery memoirs that you can buy at the supermarket about people whose like parents made them live in a potato bin for 15 years and they had to live off of rats and it was horrible. Except those are true and this is made up. It's sort of like that and it is pretty heavy going. I don't think there's a single page in this book where something terrible doesn't happen to somebody uh, and this book is 514 pages long so that's a lot of terrible things. Now, the main plot of the book is that it takes place in a town called Salem Falls. Um, a guy called Jack has just gotten out of prison and he wanders into this town because he has nowhere else to go and no money. And he finds a diner which is hiring on a dishwasher. He takes that job and just like that, he becomes part of the community. He's just got out of prison, however, because he used to be a teacher at prestigious school for girls. And he pled guilty to sexually assaulting one of his students and served eight months in jail. Now, you find out fairly early on in the book that Jack was actually innocent of that crime. He pled guilty on the advice of his lawyer because he was facing like 15 years in jail if he got a guilty verdict and only eight months in jail for pleading down to a lesser crime of, I think it was like statutory rape or something. Um, and basically it all happened because this girl at school had a crush on him and she wrote about it in her diary and he'd previously been like quite nice to her and quite concerned about her welfare her father took it completely the wrong way and it got blown way out of proportion he starts the book kind of looking for a new life he gets involved with the lady who owns the diner whose name is annie and she has a few skeletons kicking around in her closet as well chiefly the fact that she used to have a daughter who died when she was quite young but she still has her room set up like a shrine and very clearly is still hurting and grieving over the loss of her daughter. Unfortunately um, for both of them in this town there is a small coven of four teenage witches and you get to see things through their points of views and see some of the rituals that they do together and then on Beltane night they go out into the woods to build a fire and dance around a maypole that they've made and one of them has slipped something into the iced tea that they've brought with them and basically they all start tripping balls 
and Jack, who has had a very bad evening and an argument with Annie, is drunk and he goes home through those same woods and both groups of people emerge. You don't really see the kind of scenes that unfold in the woods, just the aftermath. One of the girls claims that Jack sexually assaulted her. Jack says that he's innocent, but he can't really remember. So the majority of the book, like the the, the latter two thirds, are all about unfolding the events of that night, unfolding the events that happened before Jack went to prison the first time, and the events of the trial itself and how that plays out and what people in town are saying about Jack and about the events surrounding his arrest and being tried for sexual assault again. The witchcraft component, first off, is quite hefty. Like it, it features quite a lot in the first third of the novel because you get perspectives from the different teenage witches and their preparations for Beltane. It gets most of its information actually correct. Uh, Jodie Pickle clearly did a lot of research on that, so bang on. Um, and then even later on, it's sort of detailed. The four girls have very different reactions to what happened that night and very different levels of consciousness and very different levels of conscience coming out of it. So it was quite interesting for me to read, obviously, some of them being quite manipulative and quite mean and some of them adopting more of a kind of Wiccan and it harm none approach and using that to guide them through the moral quandary of whose side to take in this trial. They also have uh, an adult Wiccan lady who takes the stand at one point. She's the lady who runs the Wiccan supply shop that they go to to get their Wiccan shit um, and she's there to basically testify to their interest in Wicca. She does, however, take the stand and then light a candle and do a spell in front of everyone to create a safe space in which to give her testimony. So she does come off as kind of a fruity nut job, but um, I'm prepared to let that go because, to be honest, I'm prepared to take that as just her character because none of the other Wiccans in the book kind of came off that way. The ritual scenes in the book are actually very atmospheric and quite well done. There's occasions where Gillian, who is uh, the girl who claims to have been sexually assaulted, she's trying to raise her mother to speak with because her mother's actually passed away quite a while ago when she was nine. Uh, and she's trying to contact her at various points throughout the book. And it is quite sad and quite affecting. And the actual plot of the book is intriguing, although obviously you kind of get the idea that it's like kind of a foregone conclusion as to what the outcome of the trial is going to be because it really wouldn't be much of a book if you know the same shit happened to the same guy twice now when i first read this book it was like quite a while ago it was like i guess 2004 if i had to like literally put a date on it and i think my response to it was quite different to the response i'm having now in the year of our lord 2019 because i don't feel like 2019 is the time when we need to be reading a book about a guy whose life was ruined because he was falsely accused of rape it feels like what we have a lot at the moment is the Me Too movement, people coming forward and bravely sharing their stories about being um, the victims of sexual violence and rape, men and women, and that those are the people that we should be sympathising with and who, broadly speaking, I think most normal human beings do sympathise with. So it's kind of weird to me nowadays to be reading a story about like, oh, this guy was falsely accused of rape twice. When we kind of all know statistically that false accusations aren't incredibly likely um, and, you know, that mostly what we should be doing is believing people who come forward. And at various points of the book, you do 
see scenes from Jack's past that show that he's not that great a guy and I couldn't really bring myself to root for him after some of the sections. Uh, for example like he comes to Annie uh, at page 102 and he has this thing of like he doesn't want to be the first one to kiss her or the first one to touch her because he's been accused before and it's not great but he kind of stands in front of her and then tells her to kiss him. He says kiss me and she says I don't think this is the time or and he then says I want to prove to you I'm who I say I am I want to show you there is nothing you can do nothing you can say that's going to make me attack you but you said Addy Jack murmured let's do this for both of us and although he's not like obviously physically pressuring her or forcing her to do anything he's kind of pressuring her just verbally and kind of acting in a kind of weird coercive way which doesn't really come off that well for him and then another section um around page 278 he's recounting when he was in college and there was this whole thing with him and his frat buddies where one of them who was like i i think good at sport that week or something who would like earn the privilege picked a girl took them up to their room and then when they were done with them everyone else in the team would go up and take a turn and then at some point I think he's done that just then and then he gets a phone call saying that his dad died and he finds out that his dad died while having sex with a prostitute and then he comes back uh, to the frat house and they say oh he's a girl he's a girl take her upstairs it'll cheer you up and he tells her to go home uh, and gets mad at his frat buddies but it's like well who knows how many times and he had like admits this in the book he's participated in this he hasn't stopped it and now suddenly we're meant to think oh he's a great guy because now he realizes rape is wrong sort of like most people can kind of figure that out themselves without needing a dead dad in the equation but whatever hero of the novel and i guess you can argue that he's kind of not meant to be the hero but i mean it's all about him being falsely accused and i feel like in a lot of the sort of developments in the book we're meant to feel bad for him that it's happening again and we're meant to kind of root for him ending up with Addy and putting his life back together but I found it really hard to do that because you've got these situations where he's acting kind of creepy not really doing a lot to like help himself in a lot of cases and also freely admits in like flashbacks that he has actually sexually assaulted people and allowed them to be sexually assaulted in front of him before so that kind of ruins some of my enjoyment of the book. However, I do love a tight legal case. So uh, I found the latter half of the book quite interesting uh, because they're going to all these like, different legal arguments and trying to find different kinds of evidence and using it in different ways. And I liked that. The thing that tipped me into feeling a bit more ambivalent towards the book, because it was kind of 50-50 up until that point, but I feel like now it's more 60% did enjoy, 40% did was the ending uh there's some things that even though the book is 450 pages long aren't really covered or expanded upon in any way and i felt like maybe more airtime was given to things that i didn't care about as much and not to these things that i would have liked to see resolved for example quite a lot of time is given to the flashbacks of jack being a child and all that and i get that maybe that's important for character development in a certain sense but I did feel like we were repeating ourselves a little bit in certain cases and there were maybe cuts to the prosecutor at home with his little girl kind of building up his 
character in the sense that he wanted to prosecute Jack because he wanted to protect his daughter. I felt like we got that after the first bit. We didn't need to see that scene again like four times. But then at the end of the novel, and this is a massive spoiler alert, so just cover your ears and hum if you are actually planning on reading this. But you find out that um, Addie, you, you find out quite early on in the novel that Addie was herself raped and that her daughter was a child from that rape. And she says that there were three guys who did it. And one of them, I think he's dead. One of them has moved away and one of them's still in town and she won't tell Jack who it is. And then but you do find out who it is. And he comes in and he's like, oh, I know that you remember that night and I remember that night and I can never be forgiven for that. And she's like, no, you can't. And it's like, okay, but you are the cop who arrested her current boyfriend for rape and now you found out he didn't do it. And I feel like you more should come of this like she should definitely prosecute him if she's learned anything in this experience is that people who do bad things should be prosecuted no and then also on literally like the final page it's like half a page of just this like snapshot Gillian the girl who is um accusing Jack uh, of raping her she goes home with her dad at the end of the the trial and he's like oh well it's really sad that you know they didn't convict him and all that shit and then he just gets into bed with her because it turns out he's been abusing her for ages and then the book ends and you're like well that's cheap because i felt like that that is it's just going for like that cheap parting shot of oh sting you thought it was over but now it's not and it's like okay but this is a guy who has been very vocal about wanting like jack punished and i now want to see justice done that's the whole point of the book so far is like justice and miscarriages of justice and i feel like a good ending for it would have been to actually prosecute someone who had committed a crime i think if this is the type of book that you're into reading um these sort of like slice of life novels that have a kind of suspense element to them crime uh, punishment soppy weepy tear jerky storylines full of horrible things happening to semi-decent people um and you want to read one which has like witch characters and witch stuff in them. This is definitely a good read for you. It has a lot of like Wiccan elements, um, but nothing really like fantasy witchcraftness. So it's sort of the thin end of the wedge, witch novel wise. And if you were into uh things like a law and order special victims unit which i'm actually quite a fan of um again this is something that might appeal to you because it has that whole criminal case at the heart of it i definitely think you could do worse it's definitely very competently written i just feel like it's very much a, a product of 10 years or so ago and maybe even like longer than that uh, like 14 years ago um and not so much of the more woke 2019 in which we find ourselves so if you find yourself like me reading it and going this guy isn't even an anti-hero he's just a dick then i'm right there with you because that's how i felt for most of it if you have read this or if you have read any other books similar to this with a, like a court case and other witch stuff going on in the background do not hesitate to get in touch and let me know because i'm interested in reading another one of these um, currently in a little bit of a, a dry spell novel wise to do with witches so i could do with a few more non-fantasy ones to kind of build up that half of my reading list you can get in touch in the normal way that is by twitter which is at witchfix or you can get in touch in the comment section on the youtube 
um, on the YouTube, on the YouTube version of this episode, if you're not there already listening to me now. And you can get in touch via Gmail, which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. If you're old fashioned like me and you just love getting emails. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.